Welcome into the Train With The Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gorez. And on this Friday afternoon, as we record, uh, I am on the verge of testing weekend for myself. Uh, but what is it like? What is a good protocol? What is a good practice? What are the best practices for testing athletes? Uh, I'm doing this, Chris. So cut seven, which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast uh, before and after we had its founder, Chris Parent, on a terrific episode. If you missed it. Um, Cut is doing a combine this weekend, so it'll be seven different events, and it's just a way they're establishing baseline testing for their athletes, uh, their clients. They they prefer the term athletes uh, with good reason, good smart marketing, and obviously gets everybody sure. in the right mindset yeah. for that class. Uh-huh. And um, it's like, hey, this is baseline, and then we're going to see as you take class over the next three, six, whatever months they're going to do it over, how you get better in these same areas. And uh, I think that's really smart. And a great way, especially for them, from a marketing standpoint, to uh, you know have that kind of athletic feel, which is the brand that they're trying to build. So uh, I wanted to talk about how you do your testing, uh, some things that I've done over the years, and different ways we do that. So we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But uh, another another busy week, uh, July Fourth holidays coming up, s- summer's coming up. Um, What's uh what's been keeping you busy over these last couple of weeks or this last week uh, as you start as I'm sure your clientele continues to change over with college kids coming back and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean clientele has definitely picked up. A lot of college kids are coming back, getting ready for their preseasons coming up. Um, and then last week personally or this past week personally, we went up to Charlottesville, spent a few days up there. Mila had a softball camp with uh with the UVA softball team and their coaches and their staff and really loved Charlottesville. Like it was actually, I've, I've never spent time there. I've been in and out of there uh, on different occasions, but spending time there actually really liked it. It was, it was good to feel chilly again because it's been <laughs> yeah. so hot outside. So in the evenings up there in the mountains, you get that cold mountain air. So it's, it was really cool. And then just to see the campus and spend some time around there, like it, it's it's cool, and just to see Mila get excited about what it's going to be like to go to college, that was that was cool too. Yeah, I can't believe that that's like a <laughs> the next couple of years thing for her already. Uh, I'm sure that's even more unbelievable for you, uh, but uh, it is definitely crazy uh, as long as I've known Mila at this point. Charlottesville is great, by the way. I, I've been there a couple times. If anybody is looking for a nice little weekend getaway, and Charlottesville is accessible for you. Train with the best podcast. Uh, approved Charlottesville is a good place to go. Um, for me, this week was interesting because I've had a couple of clients come back, and especially soccer players uh, come back as their high school season ends and start to want to get back in the mix. And then they have all these huge tournaments and showcases coming up. And so trying to simultaneously work them hard enough to prepare them like knowing that you can't, there's only like so much you can do in a week. Um, but like thinking about, okay, I've got you for a couple of days before you go to this giant so- showcase. Um, but I, and I want to make sure that you're primed, but obviously not overwork, uh, that you're tired or you have heavy legs or anything like that. So, um, that was an interesting like programming challenge for me this week of, and, and what I really did was like put a focus on fluidity and, and some of those full body connectivity movements to make sure that their movement quality was high, knowing that like, making sure you're moving well is about as good as I can do for you because I'm not going to be able to make you faster in a week or jump higher or significantly stronger in, in a single week or a single session. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, we've always talked about the, the, the only two ways to kind of increase performance, right. In anything 
whether it's mm-hmm. a car or a human being, the only way to increase performance is to increase the actual force signature and output or uh, decrease waste and increase uh, efficiency, right? So there's a lot of things that you can do to test even before and after one session to show how efficient you can make something if you're making something move better or getting them to lean the correct way in a change of direction or lean forward in, in linear acceleration um, or, or break down with two feet or, or break down on the inside leg when they're stopping to change directions. It's just just all kinds of things that you can do to teach movement efficiency and not necessarily output. Um, right. So there are things that you can do even within the session that's, that can build value uh, in yourself as an expert and build more buy-in from them as a client that, that keeps you coming back. So there's all kinds of things that you can do from the movement efficiency stuff. And that doesn't take long that we're not talking about weeks of training and, and, um, periodization and things like that. Right. So, um, you know, when it comes to the, the output stuff, yeah, that does take some periodization because, once you are able to achieve all the results that you can by making something more efficient, eventually you do have to increase more output, right? And then that takes time. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to test something that's not going to, uh, unless they're completely asking me of the, like, unless they're asking me, Hey, I want to test this. I'm not going to test something that I know I'm not going to be able to improve in like right a week Right. Right. Like that's well, not, Hey, I'm not going to be able to improve this in a week, but here's it, what I can't improve uh, this and that. Right. And, and to put it in a more like single sentence, uh, you know, motto kind of thing. Like it's easier to change technique than it is to change muscle fiber. Right. Oh, 100%, muscle, yeah. muscle fiber takes time. I might be able to see something in the way you're moving that I can fix immediately. And as long as it becomes repeatable, uh, and, and your it might be conscious competence, not unconscious competence if we're talking about a single session, but if we can ingrain or clean up a movement pattern, because oftentimes, especially if it's someone you've worked with before, it might just be cleaning up, right? The, it, the, the, the movement pattern is there. That firing pattern is there. And, and it may, it's just kind of a little sloppy. And it may even be like completely subjective, right? Like if you right. take somebody through like partner PNF stretching, like, hey, does that feel good? Yep. That feels a lot better than it, uh, than it did before, right? <laughs> so, right. you know, like... There's all kinds of ways to pre and post test. Um, what you're getting into is a little bit different, though. You're, you're talking about like, yeah, uh, more of a, a periodization type of testing, right? Like today's this week is testing weekend, right? Yeah, and so let's get into that next. Like talking about the longer term approach, you know, how obviously with athletes, there there's some stuff that becomes pretty obvious, the performance on the field. And that's something we can discuss, but also with gen pop, like what, how often should you check in? What are some of the metrics that are useful? So that's our main topic. Let's uh, hear from our friends at momentous and super coffee. And uh, then we'll talk about it right here on the training the best podcast. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee, a drink so good that it makes you wonder when you take your first sip, is this actually good for me? Answer is yes. 10 grams of protein, 80 calories per bottle, and you are set to go with zero sugar. And it tastes like something that has, I don't know, like 52 grams of sugar, 370 calories. That's what a Starbucks Frappuccino has. So like, let's dump the Frappuccino and let's shift over to Super Coffee. And... If you're like me and you recently discovered that you're lactose intolerant, 
you don't have to give up super coffee. For years, I've been telling you guys that I love the original flavors, and that's still true. Like from a flavor standpoint, I love the mocha. I love the hazelnut. Those are probably my two favorites, the vanilla. Those are probably my three favorites, and they're three of the four original flavors that they had. Unfortunately, they're made with whey protein, and that is not good for your boy. So what I've done recently is started shifting to the coconut mocha and the French vanilla, the dairy-free flavors, and it's much better for me. They're still delicious and they still have protein and they still have MCTs and it's amazing. And you can get them for 25% off just like you can every other super product. It's 25% off your entire first purchase at drinksupercoffee.com if you use the code TWTB. You can also check it out nationwide in over 25,000 stores like Target, Whole Foods, Walmart, Kroger, and CVS. But the only way to get that 25% off is to go to drinksupercoffee.com slash TWTB. And it comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, meaning if you don't love it, you get your money back. No questions asked. The Trevor the Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. Last couple of weeks, I've told you about the brand new recovery protein that has just launched. Well, there's even more good stuff coming from Momentus. Launching this week, the Essential Multivitamin. Now, a multivitamin isn't necessarily something that you need, but it's basically impossible in a modern American diet and in any diet to get every single macro and especially, we're talking about this multivitamin, micronutrient that you need. So daily supplementation becomes a best practice, even if it's not essential, if you will. Now, what makes the momentous multivitamin the one you need to get? Very simply, chelated minerals. The mineral form is optimal for absorption and helps reduce nausea, sometimes associated with multivitamins. So if you take one of the past and you're like, that was not good for me, try this one out. It'll probably go much better. Natural state ingredients. And by the way, they haven't taken any shortcuts to the point that it's a four pill serving size. It typically take two in the morning, two at night, let's say, because they did not want to take shortcuts just to be like, oh, look, it's a cute little gummy. And that actually doesn't have the effect that you want because Momentus is serious. That's why every single product they make is NSF certified for sport. And you can get all of these products at livemomentus.com. Use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST25 for 25% off your first order on a subscription, and it's 15% off all the concurrent ones. So you just set it up once, and you're getting a discount from now until forever. That's livemomentous.com, the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST25, because if you're going to train with the best, you better recover with the best, and that's why we choose Momentous. On this week's Catch the Spirit, I sat down with Emily Olson, formerly of Sirius XMFC, starting a new job at USA Today, still covering soccer and still talking about the local team. Lots to discuss, and we did spirit riding a wind streak, so now it's a pretty good time to get on the bandwagon. Check out the official podcast of The Washington Spirit, a train with the best media production. Catch the Spirit anywhere you find this podcast. You can find that one. Test time, two words that would strike fear into students often. Were you a good test taker as a kid in school? Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's I love not surprising testing. at all. I, again, I'm I'm weird because for me, especially the classes where like your test or your exam grade was worth 60% of the class, I'm like, cool. If I get 100% on the exam, then I only need to do half of the homework and I'm still going <laughs> to get a B. You know what I mean? So like... Yeah. I absolutely know what you mean because I was the same way. Yeah, so so like, no, I'm not going to sit here and do... I'd rather take the test and show that I know what I'm doing than have to sit here and do homework every day for the entire semester, right? So if you gave me the choice, I'm I'm taking the test. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
right? Like, like if there was a way, there's obviously not a way to do this. If there was a way to pass the conditioning test and just take the test without having to prepare for it and still pass it, I would do that, right? Yeah. Like we all we all would. We all we all want to get better, but it's much harder to actually do the things to make you better. Right? I was gonna say so. th- there's real irony there because you and I are the exact same in that. Yet we both very much share the philosophy that the process is more important than the results, uh, because refining the process will ultimately lead to better results. Which was probably true, definitely was true for us in school, but that doesn't mean that we necessarily follow it because. Like, okay. there was a cap on how good you could be, and as long as you did well on the test, like, you were fine. Correct. Like, we, we believe in the process when the process is necessary. Right. Okay? So be efficient. This may be a bad example, but piano, for instance, was easy for me. Like, I could listen to a song and play it in the next few seconds. So why would I go through the process of learning how to read music? Like, that was always my thing. I was like, why would I sit here and learn how to read this song and, and have to take all these notes and learn what a treble clef is and all the minors and all this other stuff. Just play the fucking song and then I'll play it back, right? <laughs> that was the test, right? Like play the song yeah. and if I can play it back, cool. Why do I need to read the music? You know, so that is, that is an example of a process that wasn't necessary for me and, and I could skip to just taking the test. But when it comes to conditioning or strength and, and building fitness, there are no shortcuts. For sure. Uh, although there are people who are freakish enough. This actually allows me to tell a pretty hilarious story. Uh, and then we'll get on to the, the, uh, the serious nature, as serious being a relative term, uh, the, the more serious discussion about this. But um, Amin El Hassan from ESPN, uh, or formerly of ESPN, tells a story all the time about Boris Diaw, who was just so freakish uh, as an athlete when he was a young player uh, coming out of France, but had a very... Uh, to use a French term, laissez-faire attitude about such things. Uh, And so they're testing at NBA pre-draft combine, whatever, one of the private workouts for the Suns where he was working at the time. I think they had just tested Amari. And so Amari comes in and wows everybody athletically. And the Vertec is up at whatever it is. And Boris walks through, who is also a young player at the time, and is like, who did that? And he's like, they're like Amari Stoudemire, he's a high schooler, like he's incredible, or whoever it right. was. It was like a freaky athletic player. Right. And Boris is like, cool. Flips off, takes off his flip flops, hands the cappuccino he's drinking to someone on the side, right. goes up, jumps, hits it, comes back, puts on his flip flops, grabs his cappuccino, says cool, and walks out. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Some there, people there are athletes like that. Some yes. people just have it. Um, for the rest of us testing. So I'm excited for this because it's a nice check in on some of the training and the way I've been doing it. I kind of have expectations for myself of not like, Oh, I want to be the fastest ever, but like I should be roughly here based off of where I am in other things. Um, but for you, when you design testing, let's start with gen pop. Cause I feel like so often we start with athletes, but when you, when you design some kind of testing for your general population clients. Like, do you, we're obviously monitoring how they progress throughout a program, right? Like I can tell you how strong my clients are because we do similar exercises on a regular basis or the same exact exercises. And I can tell if they're getting stronger or not because they're lifting more weight. But if I were to really put them in that mode of testing, like how would you design a quote unquote testing day or a testing phase uh, in order to give you what you think is the most relevant information? 
So Gen Pop, you have to have a mix of athletic tests and aesthetic tests, right? Like you, you have to measure their body fat and their their waist size and, and their arm size and all those other things. Like that's stuff that they care about. So you have to track that. Uh, and, and usually like the test for me is always going to be your clothes, right? Because like the scale is going to lie to you from day to day. Right, depending on your hormones, your mood that day, how much you slept, how much you drank before you went to bed, all those things, what time of the day that you're weighing yourself. Yeah, that's an important thing to track, but that's not always going to tell you the truth. Whereas your genes are going to tell you the truth. Like, are right. you losing weight or are you gaining weight? So, those are the things that I, I don't even like to bring it up to them until it's like a month, month and a half in. And usually it's them that, that brings it up anyway. It's like, right. Hey, it's like, oh, hey, like, I fit into these jeans and I haven't fit into them. Uh, I haven't fit into them before, right? Or I haven't fit into them in years, whatever. Right. So when I used to train, when I used to train a lot of Gen Pop, like for my female clients, especially, it was that. It was like, oh my god, I haven't, I haven't fit into these jeans, so I'm able to fit into them now. And I'm like, all right, cool. In two months, you're gonna fit into a a, a size that is not even in your closet, and I'm gonna buy those jeans for you. Because if you make it to that size, then then I'll buy the jeans for you. You know what I mean? And right. that way, it was like a very real measurement. And it was a very real goal. Like, hey, it's not just like how many push-ups I can do or pull-ups I can do, which is also great. That's another great way to, to show like, hey, remember when you couldn't do a pull-up and now you're banging out like five or six of them? Mm-hmm. That's another great way to show progress. But like for females especially and males too, like I can't like – I. I yeah. would also like to fit in nicer jeans, right? Right. But like, it was let's let's make it a real thing and and get and make it a goal so that there's an incentive with it too, right? So, hey, I I fit into a size six, so I want to go for a size four, right? So that was a that was a big thing. Um, I just touched on some of the other like the the athletic goals, which is I usually try to do like body weight stuff, right? Like a pull up or a push up, right? Um, and it may not even be like a how many. It may not even be like a a thing where we say how many pull-ups you can do because a lot of times that leads into that, – that requires them getting into a mindset of maximum effort through volume that not a lot of people like going into or or can cheat, right? But maybe even just the, just the way that they did three pull-ups, right? Like, all right, you used to do three pull-ups and you couldn't even make it. Now you're banging out sets of three and it's easy. So it doesn't always have to be a max test, right? It can just be like, hey, remember when this was really hard for you and now it's mm-hmm. a warm-up, right? Yeah. Or like an off exercise that we pair with other things, whereas before when we first started, you would do two pull-ups and rest for two minutes and, it, and then we'd have to try to do it again. Right. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I I think on both fronts, the the functional and the fashion, if you will, um, obviously it's always important to let the client set their goals. So like anything that Chris said, you know, in terms of the fashion side of things, it's, you know, we've assumed that there's no other eating disorder, any of those kinds of things that it's a healthy goal to pursue and it's stuff that they've said, but like, if that is a motivating factor and, and is so in a healthy way, like I love that. I think that those are really good. And, yeah. it, you know, cause it also is going to correspond to a feel thing, right? Like they're going to feel better. And that's really what the, you know, I fit right. into the better genes is, is about. And, and that's what, and that's what it is to me is like, right. it's a feel thing. It's like, right. how, how does this feel as opposed to when you first started? It's not even just about adding weight because again, like asking your clients, especially general population 
clients to max out, whether it's through intensity or volume. Mm -hmm. Asking them to max out is not something that they're very comfortable with. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily going to be like, hey, you could max out at 10 pull-ups and now you can max out at 15, but more of, hey, do you remember how hard five pull-ups was for you before? And now look how easy five pull-ups are for you now, right? So it doesn't have to be, because we every time we hear testing, it's like, how far can you jump? How much can you bench? How much can you, uh, how, how high can you jump? How fast can you run? It doesn't have to be that way. It can be like, hey, uh, remember when you ran a mile and you were struggling and now you're running in a mile and, you, and you're completing it and we're not maxing out the pace, but it's much easier for you. You can get through it and you feel better about it. For sure. And I think that's also a great way to do this is when you think about testing is like, we're not going to have testing day. It's almost like we're going to build up to this as part of a program. So they're with you along the ride of like, I think of the the deadlift stuff um, that, that you wrote. And we talked about on this podcast that I've been doing, right? Like technically testing day is on that, that one plus day, right? That last set of, right. of, of the six and you've gone through five, five, five plus three, three, three plus, And you know, week by week you keep building. But if you think about it in its totality of like, look how far I've come or like, you know, it's, it's the peak of a mountain versus just like, okay, we're picking this day randomly to see where you are. Um, that can be really beneficial too, because they're going to see the growth along the way. And as long as you manage it properly, um, they're going to definitely feel the value of, of the service you provide to them because they're going to consistently either be able to do the things that you've been doing easier, like you said, or be able to do more of, weight, volume, et cetera. Athletes right, are a little right. bit different story. Um, sure. The ultimate test is, and this is why it's so important for us as trainers to, whether it's on video or whether we can actually, especially now that things are open again, go in person to watch our athletes play. Like, are we seeing that production on the field? But do you try to do any specific additional athletic testing for athletes, sport dependent, non-sport dependent, et cetera? Um, yeah, yes. And yes, yes to all of those. Everything depends on everything. Right. So it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, there, there are certain good tests. setup by me there. There, Left there, are the widest possible net. <laughs> there are certain tests that we would do for uh, a football player that we're not going to do with a soccer, ball, a soccer player or a volleyball player or a baseball player, uh, and vice versa. Um, and then, uh, there, there are other tests like, you you want to you want to do the things that that they're interested in, right? And then you also want to educate them on something that maybe they're not thinking about, right? So like, yeah, you want to come in here and you want to lift more, you want to deadlift more, you want to jump higher, jump faster. And that that becomes a goal, but then you also introduce them to some of the other things, right? Um, and then and then there's really like a couple of different types of ways to test. Like not just the not just the athleticism because you have to do that, um, but you also test like, hey, are are you am I getting through to you with the things that I want you to do on your normal daily lives? Right. right? So it's not even just going to the game because you can go to the games, especially for high school athletes. You'll know you're doing a good job because their parents will tell you. Their parents right. will tell you, oh my god, like. Abby loves coming to the workout. She can't wait to come in. She comes in and tells us she's so excited about them and she can't wait to start up with you again. You're doing a good job. So there's the at the the relationship building part of it, which we always talk about. Like that's mm -hmm. who we are. We got to build relationships. 
and that's the test of your relationship like are these parents speaking well about you and are they willing to refer you to other parents at the game which is a great way to pick up business also so like when you're at the game yeah. you're like oh look who's here chris is here this is who abby trains with and she loves it um so so there's that part and then yeah you want to see like some of the things that that you've been working on that maybe they're implementing in the games right like are they running with a good forward lean are they cutting off the inside foot are they dropping in their hips to uh use their body when they're boxing somebody out or trying to gain position right like all of those things um those are things that you're looking at because it's translating it's it's something that is actually moving from the weight room or your facility into the field and onto their performance so i think i think watching the games is, is a great way to test a lot of different things and then of course like the athletic testing is the athletic testing we all know how to Test a vertical jump and and a, a sprint and all that other stuff. Yeah, I, I think that that stuff is useful to make sure that the adaptations that you're training are actually happening, right? Yeah. Like if you have no baseline, then how are you going to really understand if the program that you put this athlete through is achieving the goals that you want uh, and that you're on track, given whatever the timeline is, and that's all relative to each individual athlete. And etc. I also think there is an element to this that is kind of. I didn't intend when I when I started with like the school testing thing at the beginning. I didn't think we'd actually circle back to it, but in a way, is like that same thing. Where like, what's the result that you need? And if the athlete you're working with has a combine coming up, it doesn't have to be the NFL combine, but right. like it, you know, a lot of these showcases in various sports or whatever it may be have combine or testing elements athletic testing and if that is a part of that you want your athlete to be comfortable in that setting and so whether it's teaching a little bit to the test of the technique and the drill of a 510.5 an l cone uh, a 40 or whatever um, a 300 yard shuttle um, or th yeah 300 yard shuttle like all those are important to teach the test a little bit if they're going to have to actually take the test but they're also good check-ins of how are we doing uh with our overall strength, speed, agility, whatever, you know, attribute as a way to, to kind of test along the way of, Hey, you're going to have to do this eventually. And, the, and look, the things that we're doing are helping you get better to those ends. Yeah. And, and I think the, the other thing too, is like, you have to have good conversations with your athletes because athletes in general are going to be really competitive, right? So, the testing becomes something that can also be demotivating mm -hmm. if they're not hitting the numbers that they're supposed to be hitting. So you have to remind them, like especially if you're coming off of rehab, like, hey, this is where you are in your rehab, so don't expect to hit these numbers that other people are hitting that are working out with you because that's not realistic right now. And if, if you're going to beat yourself up over it, you're, you're going to start trying to do something that I don't need you to do today. Like, I need you to just... Do this. Do what you can do. It's it's about monitoring our progress, not necessarily to compare and compete with everybody else that's here, right? We'll we'll compete when we get to the field. We'll compete on another day. But sometimes, you know, testing is a way for us to figure out what we need to do next, not to see if you're good enough. Yeah, definitely. And to a point, as we said a little bit earlier, like every every set that you do is an assessment anyway, whether you call it that or not. And it goes back to 
the mentality part of it. And this is athlete dependent athlete, like sport athlete or gen pop. Are they going to, or are they capable of handling the mental stress of testing of saying like, this is an exam or are they not going to perform to the fullest of their capabilities? And if you then don't really need that information, then you just keep working. And then afterwards you can make a mental note and it was a test, but it, you didn't have to call it that for other people. And this is what I think is really fun about the cut combine thing that, that I'm going to do. It's like, Hey, we're going to, this is a combine. Like this is a test. You're, you're not, you're competing against yourself and, and really competing against yourself in, you know, three months from you or three months from now, you is competing against current you, but we need the baseline of what current you is. And here's a standardized way that we can test that. Um, and I think that's cool. It's it's a good opportunity and it is something that works for a lot of clients and for cut, especially that is more athletic based and tends to attract some maniacs, uh, us included. Um, it, it's, right. it's a great thing to do. Um, but, but Hey, that's knowing also your clientele a test too, is really right? important. Like, that's, that's also a test too, right? Like how, how, if you're doing a good job, how enthusiastic are your clients about the shit, the shit that you're doing? Yeah. Right. Like, um, like I joke around with Yael Averybush about this a lot because Yael came to me and I think we've told this story on this podcast. Like when the first day that Yael came to me, like she was sore for, for days. She couldn't yeah. move yep. and she was like swore she would never come back. And we worked from that point to where she was like, I'll never train with him again to I look forward to lifting. The way that you're looking forward to a maniacal workout over at Cut Seven, right? You know what I mean, so like when you have, when you're able to create that type of enthusiasm about it, like that's a, that's a test too, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that I just I pointed that stuff out, right? Like tests don't always have to fit on a spreadsheet. Tests can be, hey, how do I fit in jeans? How well do I feel when I'm doing these things? Um, how, how well do I talk about this facility and this coach and how much enthusiasm do I have about coming in to work out? Yeah. And I think that or proficiency in a skill, I think about boxing, right? We've talked about how I've been dipping into various classes and lessons or whatever. That's a skill that I've tried to acquire. Um, and, and that goes for like coaches in sport too, right? Like if you're a tennis coach and you're you know, your client's forehand gets better and they're able to use it. Like that's a, that's a measurable skill for them. So whether it's proficiency in a skill, anything that you said, like definitely, um, the enthusiasm for it and to see growth, it's good for business because, uh, you know, obviously it shows your value, but as a, on the user end, as a client, like to feel yourself getting better and to have that proof that like, yeah, no, it's not just inside my head that I think I'm getting better. I really can see it. Here's the data to prove it, um, is a nice, is a nice thing data point to have as well. Right. So that's it for the train with the best podcast this week. Uh, if you want more from us, always make sure you check out the website, train with the best 21.com. Uh, if you are a football player or, you know, a football player who needs off season conditioning, uh, make sure you check out the OMG series on the train heroic marketplace that we designed with Lorenzo Alexander. And if you want more information on that, check out the pod that we did a couple weeks ago with Zoe. Uh, of course, our programming is still available on the Train Heroic Marketplace as well. Put in some new stuff this week, so make sure you check that out. Just search Train With The Best on Train Heroic. Uh, anything else from you? That's it on me. All right. Well, that's it for me too, and there's only two of us, so that's it and that's all for this here Train With The Best podcast. <laughs>